Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. I am happy to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. God has given us a beautiful day, and I am so thrilled. Uh, we had a tremendous time in our quarterly fellowship meeting last night. Um, we had a, a great turnout from Cross Point Church in Franklin, Kentucky. There was a big number of them that came. And then, of course, uh, uh, some from Bible Center in Bowling Green. And we just had a great time in the Lord. And uh, I got some good testimonies that I've got to share with you first before I do anything else. After service, there was one man came up to me and uh, uh, just started talking uh, uh, to me like he like he knowed me, and um, I know knew that we had never met or anything. But he and he was talking about. He said a year ago, he said if if, um, if if my course of life hadn't changed, he said I might not be alive right now, and. Uh, he said, he says, and I want to thank you, Pastor Pruitt, and your church. I said, thank me. He says, yeah. He said, uh, I was one of the first ones to sign up for the sober living at the cross point. He says, and I found out y'all church is supporting this. He said, and I have been sober for 10 months. Hallelujah. He said, I know, I know I would be dead right now if I hadn't got in that program. He said, but I've been sober for 10 months. And there was another man that came with them also. He went through the program and he's been sober for eight or nine months now. Going to the church, amen, worshiping God. God has delivered him from the drugs and the alcohol. And everybody that supports this congregation, puts in your money, God is going to bless you for that because these are lives that's being changed. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and from that point on, man, I just was on cloud nine and we went back. We went back to the fellowship hall and had the time of, uh, had some refreshments and everything. And um, uh, Brother Perry, the pastor, was sitting across the table from me. Uh, and we were talking. And then this man and the other man sat down on the end of the table. And they were both eating. And um, uh, he, uh, uh, Brother Perry just stopped talking to me. And he looked over. He says, he said, by the way, he said, how you, uh, how did you get out of work tonight? So he's recently got him a, got him a new job and supporting himself finally and uh, instead of supporting some kind of habit. <laughs> and he, when Brother Perry said, said you, you should normally work on uh, uh, Saturday uh, evening. He says, how did you get out of work? And this, this new guy now, new in the church, knew about everything about God, Looked at, looked at his pastor, and he said, let me tell you something. He said, going to church and being a testimony for what God has done for me is more important than some old job. 
I said, oh, man, I know some people been in church 20 years. I wish they could get to learn that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. But, man, it just blessed me. Hallelujah. And I just, I'm so thankful, amen, what God is doing. God is good. And all the time, give him another hand clap. Hallelujah. Uh, looking on the announcements, uh, let, it, it, let's see. Well, uh, Sister Nikki has got a birthday today. Happy birthday. I will not ask your age, I promise. I have old enough to learn better than that. <laughs> but her and Brother Joe is also celebrating their anniversary. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Amen. So we wish them, wish them uh, the best. Uh, this coming Wednesday night is the first Wednesday night in the month. What's that mean? Prayer time. We won't be doing nothing but uh, giving a devotion and prayer uh, from seven to eight o'clock. Uh, your home life prayer is important. You need to have your own prayer life, but. Corporate prayer is just as important, and uh, you gain strength. We've had God uh, work some miracles uh, at, during our prayer prayer time, our monthly prayer time. So that's going to be this coming Wednesday night, uh, and I hope that you will come and join us for prayer. Uh, uh, Michelle is going to do the devotion this Wednesday night, so she will be sharing the devotion. Uh, before we pray, and I hope everybody um, will be able to come out and be with us. This is going to be also um, sometime in our service. It is time we do what we have done for years. Uh, schools is starting back, and we want everybody uh, <laughs> that's involved in the school system, students, teaching, or whatever, any kind of way you're involved in school, we're going to bring everybody, everybody down. This is from uh, pre-K through college. Uh, and uh, everybody's going to gather around behind them, and we're going to pray for God's hand of protection. It's sad, but we're in a day and hour that you don't know if you're going to be safe in the school no more. You don't never know. And um, this is something that we felt upon uh, our heart years ago, and uh, and, and originally Brother, Brother Travis uh, got with me on it, and we started doing that, which I was appreciative because me 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 driving that school bus when I was doing it down down the road with about sixty kids behind my back, Hallelujah! You got to have guts of faith. One, I'm telling. You. <laughs> Amen. But we're going to be doing that. Um, uh, during the service uh, today, so I believe that has got the announcements, uh, uh, and our new August calendars are out. Make sure you pick up one of them. They're on the welcome desk out there, and I will, I'll, let me tell you this uh, a little bit ahead of time. Sister Wanda wore out Ronnie last night won't know when is she going to get some more biscuits and what she wanted gravy this time for the fellowship breakfast. Let's go. 
uh, you get one of these, you'll see we are planning a fellowship breakfast on the 20th, Sunday the 20th. We'll be um, uh, meeting uh, from um, 9 o'clock to 9.45 for fellowship breakfast in the fellowship hall before uh, Sunday school. So that's will be coming up uh, on the 20th, and I want to go ahead and announce that. Amen. Thank you. I came in this morning, Brother Douglas, uh, teaching his lesson, and he was reading this, talking about the talents, and uh, it's kind of like uh, last night's service on uh, when our minister got up to preach, several people in their testimonies or whatever had quoted scriptures, same scriptures that he was going to use and uh, all through the service, and I just told him, I said, well, that's confirmation that you're on the right wavelength, and we, we try to do that and pray for that effect, and uh, Later on down in that same chapter where he was talking about <laughs> the talents is uh, the scriptures that the Lord gave me earlier uh, today for our devotion scripture. Book of Matthew, chapter um, 25, and we're going to start reading verse 31 and read down through verse 40 for our devotion scripture today. Jesus is doing the speaking here. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on the right hand but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And this is what Jesus told him. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or when did we see you naked and clothed you? When did we see you sick and in prison or come to you? And the king will answer and say unto them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it unto me. I can come up here and I can preach to you all day and give you all of my thoughts and theories about what do we need to do this and we need to do that to call ourselves Christian. But what I just read to you right now, that's the heart of Christianity. That's the heart of Christianity. We are our brother's keeper. We are our brother's keeper. And if we see someone in need, 
and the, and the word says, and you shut up your bowels of compassion, he said, how dwelleth the love of God in you? This right here is Christianity in actual conduct, folks. Amen. So that day when Jesus comes, and this scripture goes with the same parable about the separate. This is a time that he's going to separate the wheat and the tares. He just happens to call them the sheep and the goat right here, but he's talking about the same thing. Amen. And then he said, you know, I was naked, you clothed me. I was hungry, and you fed me. Lord, help us in this world of hate and rage with all kind of killings and everything. Somebody has got to stand up and portray the love of God in this hateful world. Somebody's got to do it. And you can talk about every other kind of standard, every other kind of thing you want to, but you're no more like God than when you're showing the love of God to someone else. Think about that today as we open up our worship and let's consider our brothers and our sisters, and even those that's not a part of the assembly, but those we come in contact with the world, because that can be the best sermon ever preached. Somebody who don't know God, but you show them just like the man came up to me last night, talking to me like he'd known me for 20 years, and how he did know me is because his pastor had told him, Pastor Pruitt in Christ's family church, has sowed a seed into what they're doing and helping them to be able to do that. And he was so appreciative. Hallelujah. God, help me to do that. Help me to do that. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise while the worship team comes.
gonna steal my song. No, he's not. Even though my eyes can't see, I will praise
clap your hands to the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is so rich. Thank you, Lord. Now, I do find that I need Him more every day. The worse that this world gets, I need Him more. Not less, I need Him more. You know what? I'm not going to wait right now as the Spirit of the Lord is so good. We're going we're gonna to pray for all of our school kids. Everybody that's got anything to do with schools, I want you to get out of your seat from wherever you're at. Layla, you come on down, from, if you don't mind, from top, top, and I want you all to come stand. And then after they get here, I want everybody, the congregation as a family, we want to gather around them. And this is what we're going to pray for. We're going to pray, number one, that God will put a blanket of protection around them. That it don't matter what transpires or what goes on at the particular school they may be in. We're going to pray an umbrella prayer over them to hover them every day. And we're going to pray that their minds will be open for learning, but also that their minds will be protected from unseemly teaching that will try to teach them from something that's not right. Can you say amen? So everybody just gather around them as they join hands right now, and let's go to God in prayer. Hallelujah.
this right here is one of the most important things we can do for these. Amen. Glory to God. I seen a I seen a post recently. It said the devil saw me with my head down and he rejoiced because he thought I was in despair and been defeated. But when he saw that my head was down in prayer. Hallelujah. He ran the other way. Glory to God. Prayer is the best thing we can do. Amen for all of these. And we're going to continue. We're going to uh, we're going to do this again Wednesday night when we do our corporate prayer. We're going to put it on the on the board up there for one of our prayers we're going to focus on because we're in the battle. I like the preacher preached last night, folks. You're going, you're going to have to be willing to fight if you're going to survive in this world. Hallelujah. And I'm not, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about with fists or knives or guns, but I'm talking with the Spirit of God. You need, we all need to pray that God will give us boldness because we are in a fight. We are in a fight. Hallelujah. And the Word of God says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Glory to the name of Jesus. Well, got to move on, got to move on. We're going to go ahead and worship God and give Him. Now, there's everybody knows there's various ways. We we got the kiosk on the welcome desk. You can use that back there to give, or you can. Uh, um, I, ever since we got our app running, I do all my giving through that app. Man, that makes it really good. Uh, ever how you want to do it though, just um, uh, you just choose. You people watching online, you can go to the website Christ Family Church Nashville dot org. And uh, you can uh, you can give that way. Let's bow our heads and that's God's blessing on the offering. Father, we come today. We thank you and we praise you, God, because we do have the privilege to give. We thank you, God, that you have blessed us, and we know we can't outgive you, Lord. The more we give, the more you give back unto us, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. We love you. It's you who gives us strength to be able to work and hold down a job. It's you who provide. You are our source. We don't look to nobody else but you, God. So bless this offering today. Bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you as you give today.
Man, the sun, that song got in hot springs this year. And man, I'm going to tell you what, they did a fantastic job singing some of them older songs. I like the new ones we got, and we sung some good ones today, but I'm going to tell you something. These older songs have still got some power to them. They have brought this church, and I ain't talking about this congregation, but the church of the living God down through a many a battle. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God's good. And all the time, give him a hand clap of praise. Now, our time is really running on uh, this morning, but uh, there's one other thing that we want to do before we turn the preacher loose. Got some good news to share with you. Uh, they got here early this morning, uh, Brother Pat and uh, Patrick did, and um, uh, had um, a conference with me. And uh, even though they live a long way, what is it, Red Ball and Springs? That's where they live. But he said the Lord has, has spoken to him and told him that they need to make this church their home church. His, his dad um, uh, worked with Brother Hill years ago when uh, we was out for a time going uh, preaching in Kentucky and different other places. And his dad was the assistant pastor of this church. And uh, I can still, I know, I know Darlene does, uh, uh, Linda Bobby's not here. Remember Sister Linda in prayer, she's been, she's had a bad migraine for two days, been bedridden because of it. That's why they're not here. He sent me a message this morning. I know they would remember, but his mom, boy, she could sing like an angel. Amen. I remember that, remember that. But um, in a little while, we're going to, uh, towards the end of the service, we're going to have them both come back. And they're going to, uh, since they both have been a member of the church uh, in time past, we just kind of kind of reinstate them and let everybody give them the right hand of fellowship and welcome back in the family. Amen. But I'm going to ask Brother Pat to come up and do us a song right now. And uh, just come on up, brother, and uh, uh, let's give the Lord a hand clap while he comes. to praise him for <laughs> yeah uh, we're here right hallelujah well many times I bow beneath the heavy load on my knees to God I pray well I really do he reminds me just once more that the answer Thank you. 
soon you'll be receiving, for the answer is already on the way. Oh yes, the answer's on the way. Well, the sign my Jesus said it, I believe it and it's so. Well, my heavenly Father, he knows our needs before we pray. Rest assured that the answer's on the way. Oh, yes, the answer's on the way. This I know. Everybody praise God. The answer's on the way. You got something to pray about? It's coming. God's going to send it out. In the glory. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus said it. I believe it and it's so. The Father knows our need before we well, you can rest assured that the answer's on the way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I was talking, thinking last night, and actually about 2 o'clock this morning when God really hit. God said, you're going to go to that church, and you're going to become a member, and you're going to be working there. You're going to do something for God. I've been trying to stay close to the house, but God wants me here, so I'm going to drive here. God's going to make a way. Hallelujah. No, if we ask, believing, we will receive. All we got to do is ask, believing. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I've all... I've always heard it said, a church alive is worth the drive. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Let's greet one another in Jesus' name. Well, it feels so good just being here again. It feels so good feeling what I feel There's just nothing I like better than God's people getting together. Feels so good being here again. It feels so good just being here again. It feels so good feeling what I feel again. There's just nothing I like better than God's people getting together feels so good being here one more time. It feels so good just being here again. It feels so good feeling what I feel again. There's nothing I like better than God's people getting together. Feels so good being here
All right, let's make, give the Lord a final hand clap while you make your way back to your seats, everybody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, God is good. And all the time, praise his name. Amen. Well, it's been great up to this point, but I'm ready for the word. That's where we get our nourishment at. Amen. And our, and our um, spiritual food. So I'm going to have Brother Ronnie come on up, and we're going to feast on the Word of God. All right, let's, let's believe that God will be with her as she goes to that funeral today and that God will give her the right words to say. Father, we come to you right now on behalf of this need, Lord. We think about this situation, God, and we know of your grace and we know of your kindness and love. And we ask, God, that you will be with that situation today. Give um, Sister Sue the strength and the right words if it comes upon her to talk to him. Help right now in the name of Jesus that you are loving and you are kind and your grace is sufficient for all things. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. This afternoon, it's truly been great to be in the house of the Lord today, hallelujah. Great to come to his house, hallelujah, and just praise and give him glory that he is due, hallelujah. He is worthy of our praise, hallelujah. He is worthy of it all, glory to his name, hallelujah, hallelujah. want to uh, draw our attention to the word of God. We are going to be going to the book of John chapter 9. For our opening text, John in chapter 9. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. Lord, give me uh, this passage of uh, scripture, and I begin to meditate on it and, and study on it and see what the Lord would have for us today. You always say, Lord, you know who's going to be there. You know what is needed in each and every life. And not, uh, not only that, the Lord knows what we need to further our walk with him and his kingdom. And so uh, I know that the, the Lord has given this word for us today. If we will open our hearts and our minds uh, to receive what the word of God has to say. Hallelujah. Uh, John chapter 9, we're going to read verse uh, 1 through 5, and then we're going to skip to the end of the chapter, 39 through 41, for our opening text. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned that this man or his parents 
that he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Moving on to verse 39. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence within this house and everyone who has gathered. And Lord, now as the word goes forth that you have given to me, use me as you see fit. Hallelujah. And let it go forth, Father, to each and every one. Open our hearts and soften our hearts in understanding, Father, to receive it and retain it for the days to come, Heavenly Father. We give you praise and glory for all things. In the mighty name of Jesus, let everyone say, Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. This morning, um, I want to speak on this subject, impaired vision. Impaired vision. And that, that's a good imagery right there, the impaired vision, but the background's kind of blurred. And that's a way that we get a lot of times within our walk with Jesus is some impaired vision. We don't see clearly. We go. I go to the eye doctor, and uh, for those of you who don't know, my sister Jennifer works at an eye doctor. And uh, Dr. Kevin, I believe is his name now, that's taken over the practice for the, the two brothers that was running, Dr. Pete and Dr. Uh, Mike. I think they're retiring on. So their nephew, Dr. Kevin, is now taking over. And they, they used to put these uh, drops in your eyes that would check for glaucoma. The doctor would just look uh, through there. They'd dilate your eyes and look. Well, now they got this big new uh, fancy-fied machine uh, that you got to look in through, and it's a light that goes right across, and what it's doing is taking an image of you to do what the uh, the drops used to do. Well, Jennifer does uh, does that uh, procedure there, and so as she's done it, she had to do it numerous times on me because when it goes across, it blinds me. That light is so bright, I can't see. My eyes get to water. My vision gets blurred. And she's like, it, that wasn't good enough. I got to do it again. I said, well, good Lord, you done blinded me. Now, you know, I can't see straight as it is. And she was mess, messing me up. And, and uh, so uh, then I, she, we finally got it completed and done. And so then Dr. Uh, Kevin comes in. And I, the first thing I told him was, so I got a complaint with one of your staff members here. <laughs> And, of course, he knows that Jennifer and my sister. And I said, I got a complaint. I said, she nearly blinded me with that newfangled machine y'all got in there trying to blind me. I said, and I said, I want to make a complaint against that. I said, I thought we'd come here to get help, not be blinded. And just aggravating. But uh, impaired vision, you know, and as our scripture goes to where Christ healed the blind man, and I hope to try and uh, connect the dots as it were, from where we read the first part of the chapter to the last. And then I want to uh, discuss a couple, two other issues. But when Jesus healed the blind man as he passed by, the first thing the disciples wanted to know was who sinned. Was it the parents or this man? Now, this man was born blind from his birth. 
And they apparently had uh, thoughts at the time that it was either uh, the parents who had sinned that created that caused this man to be blind from birth, or maybe it was a sin of sense for some uh, past life maybe that he had had or something. They wanted to know who it was, but Jesus said neither of those, but it's that the works of God may be performed through him. The works of God may be performed. And this was an older man. This wasn't a teenager, young man. He was of age. And Jesus said that the works of God may be revealed. I want to tell us this morning that sometimes we may not understand the things that we go through. Maybe there's a health situation like this man was put through. But it's not maybe necessarily that you sinned or or your parents have sinned. Maybe it's something you've carried with you for a long time. It could quite possibly just be like Jesus said, that the works of God may be revealed in you. Hallelujah. That the works of God may be revealed in you. And there's something to know about that. Hallelujah. Jesus knew this man was strong enough to bear it. And you are strong enough to bear what you're going through today. Hallelujah. Jesus will give you strength to to help get you through. Hallelujah. It's so the works of God may be performed in you this afternoon. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to His name. So Jesus spit into the dust of the ground, created a clay, and put it on the man's eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Sorry, I practice his work because I had said it wrong the whole time. And when I, when I looked it up into the Strong's Concordance uh, and listened to the pronunciation, I had it right in my head, but I'll probably say it wrong. It's not Salom, it's Siolom. Siolom. I'm pretty sure I got it right. That I pray. So Jesus, don't focus on how I mispronounce it. <laughs> focus on it. Jesus told him to go wash in that pool, which is translated sent. Now, I have a picture of that pool that I, that I asked them to put up. So this is a picture of, of recent years of that pool of Siloam. <laughs> and this is under excavation, or archaeologists is taking it so far. What happened was that there was an ancient pipe that burst, a Turkish pipe that burst near Jerusalem. And so they had to begin to uncover and and dig out and find what was going on with this burst pipe. Well, they went down so far and they found a couple ancient stones there. Well, when in the process of finding the ancient stones, it was dated back to the time of, of the second temple of that era. Not only that, they found coins, they found pottery there that was dated back to that time, that era. So they started, and you, the pic, you see the picture of how far they uncovered it. Now they can only go so far because Property rights of owners won't allow them to do much more archaeology uh, excavation of it. But that's the image that you're looking at there. And Jesus told this man to go wash. And he went and washed and he come back seeing. He come back with his vision. This adult man, this, this older man come back seeing. So now you have a man that obeyed Jesus, did what he asked him to do. And this man was not had vision from birth. But now he is seeing. He's never seen the light of day. But now he is. Now he's seeing you know, everything around him. People seeing his parents for the first time. Seeing uh, those who may have helped him out as he was begging because he had no other means to make a living but to be a beggar. And his neighbors and everyone saying, is that him or is that not him? 
And he says, it is me. It, it's me. I'm the one who could not see, and now I see. Jesus is the one who has made me to see. Now the Pharisees, they wasn't going along with it because, you see, it was on the Sabbath day that this happened. And how many know that Jesus always created a stink on the Sabbath day? <laughs> he created a stink on the Sabbath. He, he always did. And it was for good reason because the Pharisees had decided all these rules and regulations for the Sabbath. They, they come up with so much rules and regulation. I, I even, when I was doing studying, uh, come read where uh, someone had found, figured that they had over 39 different categories of things uh, that you could not do on the Sabbath day. And so no, no, no wonder Jesus wanted to remind them and let them know that he was Lord of the Sabbath. And Sabbath, what, the Sabbath was not created, uh, man was not created for Sabbath, but the Sabbath for man. And so Jesus wanted to let him know that he was in authority, he was in control, that he, he was Lord over the Sabbath, not the Pharisees, not the religious leaders of the time, not all their rules and regulations or rituals, things that they had to do. He was Lord over the Sabbath. This happened to be a Sabbath day. Well, his parents, they asked his parents, is this not your son who was blind? And they say, well, you know, basically they were nervous. They thought they might get kicked out of the synagogue. So they said, he is of age, ask him. So they go back to him and he tells them again. And he says, I've already told you once that this man Jesus has gave me my sight back. He gave me my sight back. Do you want to be his disciples? He began to teach them. He began to tell them, we, no one has ever heard of anybody giving someone their eyesight back that's been blind from birth. Nobody's ever heard of that. But he began to teach him that this man has to be sent from God, otherwise he would not have his vision. And so they got mad at, they got mad at him again and kicked him out, excommunicated him out of the, out of the synagogue, kicked, kicked him out, didn't want no part of him. And that's something else I want to tell you today, that the society that we live in today, they all, a lot of them proclaim to be Christians. A lot of our leaders in, in, in the White House, in Congress, in our local governments, they claim to be Christians. They claim to love God. Every, do you know every lifestyle known under the, under, under the sun claims to be a Christian, but they follow their own way. They've created their own rules. they created their own system that is not right. That They are Lord over their own system. Jesus is not Lord over their own, own, own rules and regulations. Hallelujah. And if we, if we don't go along with it, they'll excommunicate us or they'll do cancel culture to us because we, because we claim a different view or a different feeling on something. So we're not, we're not allowed to have Christians aren't allowed to have that. You're not allowed to have that. But this man, he, he was kicked out. Well, Jesus come across him again and asked him, do you believe in the Son of God? And he said, who is he that I may believe? Jesus says, I am he that you are speaking to is the Son of God. And he began to worship him and praise him and give him glory for the sight that he had now. Hallelujah. And like, as I read in verse 39, the words of Jesus, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. Now, of course, this is a natural experience of this man to get his vision to be able to see. But we understand the teaching of Jesus here is that we need to know that we are spiritually blind sometimes. Well, sometimes we, we, there are things that transpire and take place. We don't see 
uh, what Jesus wants us to see through our situation. We don't we get we we get so involved in the world and society and going to and from work that a lot of times that begins to cover up and there's different layers upon layer. Just like the picture, uh, put that picture back up of, of that pool of asylum. That picture there is centuries of sediment and dirt that has piled upon that pool of water that used to be there. That it just that just it was kind of on the lower part of a hill, and just over time, just water running down and sediment going down. When in 70 A.D. when they tore down the temple and everything was covered, just over time it began to get covered up. Imagine that as our spiritual walk with Christ Jesus this afternoon. That day in and day out, we may not. This happened over centuries now. Now our spiritual walk, we go day in and day out. Yeah, we're praising Jesus, we're worshiping Him, we're maybe we're praying, we're trying to study, but we still, because we're out in society, because we go out into the workforce, because we go out into public, because we take in so much information day in and day out but so many different views and beliefs we get a sediment that's put over our spiritual eyes sometimes and if we're not careful we will have impaired vision when we don't need to have it hallelujah yes give him praise and glory hallelujah hallelujah glory to the name of the Lord it is my desire my hope that not only every one of you here under the sound of my voice this afternoon, that you make it to heaven. I want to make it there. I want you all to make it there. I want everyone watching by the live stream today and tomorrow and who until uh, as many uh, that may see it before the Lord returns, before His return. But I want, even outside of these walls of this church, there are people who have still have an impaired vision. They are blind to the spiritual things of God. They think they can live and act any old kind of way and still be a Christian, still claim they're going to heaven. But it's not true. It is not true. There is a standard that God has. Hallelujah. And we should live by that standard if we want to see Him in glory. You are not going to go to in glory with an impaired vision. Of what, of what Jesus is. Hallelujah. You need to have a clear vision. I want to give you a couple of things uh, to think about this afternoon in your walk with Jesus and, and make you really think of what is going on within your life. And Do you have an impaired vision? Think of that this afternoon. Let that sink in, an impaired vision. Ask the Lord, Lord, is there something within my life that I that don't even realize that is, is impairing my vision of you and the kingdom of God and, and what truly is required of me. I go to church and I hear message after message. Maybe in our time of social media, maybe you have some favorite preachers on social media or maybe there's some uh, speakers that you listen to, different churches that you listen to. It, but are you doing yourself due diligence to seek it out for yourself? Not just listening to what someone's telling you. Are you seeking it out for yourself as you are? Are you asking the Lord uh, yourself, hallelujah, to make sure? Because sometimes, sometimes you can be misled. That's what the Pharisees did. They, they purposely misled the children of Israel so that they would not see clearly that Jesus was the Messiah. They purposely, because he went against what their system was. He went against, he went against what, they, what they had created. So this morning, number one, I want to talk about ignorance. And every time I think of ignorance, I cannot help but remember the times that I have been in traffic court 
and had to listen to a judge and everybody's got to go say guilty, not guilty on whatever traffic violation they've done. And the judge has said once, he said a thousand times, ignorance of the law is no excuse because everybody said, I didn't know, I couldn't do that, you know. And so I always, I get tickled because I've heard, you know, I know I'm telling on myself, that, but that I will say that was in my younger driving years than what it is now. I finally had to realize I had to start behaving behind the wheel of a vehicle. Uh, but, but I get tickled. I'm thinking that because the judge has said ignorance of the law is no excuse. But in Proverbs 19 and 2, let's read what it says. Also, it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge, and he sins who hastens with his feet. We need knowledge. We don't need to be ignorant of, of every situation. It is not good for the soul to be without knowledge because we will hasten and go quick to things that are wrong. We will go quick to sin and not even maybe realize it when we have no knowledge of it. So we don't need to be ignorant of the, of the things that the devil throws against us because he's, he's going to make every attempt in every kind of way to try to impair your vision and make you think. Just like a time in the garden where, where uh, he told Eve, uh, has God really said that you shall die if you eat this fruit? You shall not die, but you will be like God and you will, know, you will have knowledge and know. So we need, to know, we need to have the proper knowledge that comes from God. Hallelujah. He will give that to us. We, we do not need to be ignorant uh, uh, completely because we're going to find ourselves with an impaired vision to be ignorant. James 1 and 5 reads like this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If you need wisdom, that is a promise that you have, that you can receive it, you can get that wisdom. You do not have to remain ignorant. You can have the wisdom that you need to make it through this life. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. That is a promise to you. Hallelujah. There's, so there is a warning and a promise that you can have the wisdom that you need because we do not need to be ignorant of the schemes of the devil. Once again, he's trying his best to throw you off your path. He's trying his best to use all these different means and, and social media and, and a passing of, of different laws and all the, all the social issues that we have today that we could sit here and talk until next week and not get through. They're trying to pass so many different things. We don't need to be ignorant of it. We don't need to get have our spiritual vision blurred by it and say, well, yeah, I guess I can see uh, that that's fine. No, if the Word of God talks against it, then it, it, it's wrong. So we need to know the Word of God. We need to know what the Word says about the issues of our life. Hallelujah. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Hallelujah. So if you lack the wisdom, which I, I don't understand some scripture. I don't understand what is meaning. Well, that's, that's why we have so many different translations. You will find one that, that will give you in a translation that will help you to understand. And if you missed the Wednesday night service where Pastor talked about translations, we might still have some paperwork up front that, that spoke of it and the need and importance to make sure you're going after the right translation. That's why Wednesday night service is so important. You get good teaching on things we need to know. So if you haven't been making it, keep that in thought in mind. That Wednesday night Bible study is very important. Number two, I want to talk about a hardened heart causes impaired vision. A hardened heart causes impaired vision. Anyone's heart can be hardened. Even the most faithful Christian can have a hardened heart. 
even the most faithful. Life's trials can cause us to miss what Jesus wants us to see. We can, we can be so focused on the trial or situation that lies directly before us that we totally miss what Jesus is trying to show us through it. He's not only going to help you get through it, but he's, there's something in there in that, in that trial that you're going through that He wants you to see. Maybe that the works will be revealed through you. Hallelujah. His works. Pride causes a hardened heart. Pride causes a hardened heart. And it will not allow you to acknowledge God in your life. A lot of people have this issue with pride. It will cause your heart to harden and cause you to not see and realize what the Word of God or the man of God is trying to tell you. It will cause that not to acknowledge God. Remember King Nebuchadnezzar's heart became arrogant and hardened with pride. Thinking he had created great Babylon himself. He stood out one night and said, Is this not great Babylon that I have created? And it wasn't a few breaths later that a voice come from heaven and told him he would be driven from men and he would eat grass like oxen and his hair grew like eagle's feathers and his fingernails become like bird's claws is what the word says. Until seven times passed over him and then he come to himself and realized that there's a one true God in heaven and he began to give him praise and him glory. Hallelujah. The pride left his heart. It left his heart so he had no more hardened heart. But pride will cause a hardened heart. Pride will make you think, I don't need to do what the preacher's saying. I don't, I don't need to be baptized in Jesus' name. I don't need, I don't need to, to, to have that Holy Spirit moving and working in my life. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't believe I need to have that. Pride will cause that. Pride will cause that hardening and, and that thinking and that, that veil, if you will, over your heart to where you don't let anything in. So you don't, you don't want to let anything in because you want to protect what you've set up. You want to protect what your thoughts are set up. Hallelujah. But there's another proverb that says that there is a way that seemeth right to a man, but it, the end is a way of death. We've got, to be, we've got to be cautious of that. Let me give you an example this afternoon. Go to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, beginning at verse 11. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. And he left them and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Verse 14, Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Jesus began to talk to the disciples about what had just transpired for him. They wanted to see a sign. They were kept refusing uh, to believe in Jesus as a Messiah, kept refusing to believe that he was from God. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It's because we have no bread. And we find the disciples or more concerned about the bread and what's in the natural, what they forgot to bring with them. The disciples are thinking, you know, we have forgotten bread. We 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 didn't we didn't bring we didn't bring enough. We we forgotten that. Hallelujah. So they were thinking in the natural. They they were looking at was what was you know right uh, amongst them and when what they did not have. Verse 17, 17, But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not perceive nor understand this? Is your heart still hardened? 
Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Listen to verse 19. When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets of full fragments did you take up? They said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it you do not understand? How is it that you don't understand? You're focused on the natural. But I've just shown you. Have you forgotten already? We've already fed the 5,000. We fed the 4,000. We took up fragments that remain. What you need to be concerned about is the leavening of the Pharisees and of Herod. That, that kind of mentality that, that, that the Pharisees are putting out that they're trying to deceive and pro, prohibit those from seeing and realizing that Jesus was the Messiah. Hallelujah. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. The leaven of the Pharisees were hypocrisy. They caused or tried to cause the children of Israel not to see who Jesus was. They had hypocrisy in their heart. They was all about do what we tell you to do, but we're going to, do, we're going to be doing our own thing. They had hypocrisy. They, they wasn't doing what was right. Hallelujah. They put strict rules and rituals in place that was difficult to accomplish but easy to be excommunicated with a synagogue. They were so quick to kick you out if you didn't follow the rules. They were so quick to kick you out if you didn't perform the rituals that they had set up. That's what we have to be concerned about. That's what we have to be what we have to watch out for, especially in our day and time now. There's so many different uh, religions coming about, so many different church groups coming out that lifestyles is what the, uh, is what their motivation is, and that's a leaven that's trying that's distorting a lot of people's views of what the Word of God truly says. That you can live any old kind of life that you want to live. You, I can be up here and proclaim to you that I'm a woman instead of a man, even though I'm a man. And I can have a church and I can teach to you and preach to you and call as many people in that still that want to believe that way, that want to function that way, and it's against the Word of God. In the very beginning of Genesis, when Jesus created the heavens and the earth, the first chapter, God said that it was good when He created everything. It was good. That means that, Brother Scott, when He created you, it was good. You're not a woman. You're nobody else but... Scott, that God created. Everything about you was created. Hallelujah. The Creator knows every hair on your head, brother. He knows everything about you. He says it is good. Hallelujah. There is nothing that is wrong with you, brother. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise His holy name. And that goes for each and every one. Each and every one here. God created you and said you are good. Hallelujah. There was no mistake. There is no mistake. Hallelujah. So anytime the devil tries to come around and tell you that you're no good, that you're worthless, and tries to put some kind of depressed, depressed spirit on you, or tries to put oppress you with, with doubt and fear, you need to come against him and say, my God says I'm good. Hallelujah. There's no wrong out of, in me because I have Christ Jesus. The blood is covering me. Hallelujah. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. I may not be perfect, but I'm good in Christ Jesus. Woo, glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Today, as Pastor uh, comes back on up and gets the song ready, I want, I want us to, let's all stand this afternoon. I want us to really think 
about our vision today. Is it impaired or is it not impaired? Are we doing things the right way according to Scripture? Or are we just going along to get along? If you truly want to make heaven your home today, you need to make sure your vision is not blurred. You need to make sure your vision of Jesus Christ is right where it needs to be. You need to make sure that you have repented of your sins. You need to make sure that you have went down in a watery grave, which your water is ready. Anybody wants to be baptized, we can baptize you this afternoon. That is what's most important. Dinner after church ain't important today. Come on, somebody. Dinner after, after church ain't important. Get-togethers is not important. What is important this afternoon is your soul and where you will spend eternity. None of us are promised a long, a, a long life. There are promises that say you can have a long life if you honor your parents. I get that. But we're not, I'm not promised that, you know, that I know that I'm going to live, you know, say, 60 years or if I was younger, say, 20 years. It's a short lifespan in the grand scheme of things. Eternity is a very long time. It's forever. It's never going to end. And if your vision is blurred today on where you will spend eternity, do not leave here until you know for sure with a clear vision that Jesus Christ, when He returns, is calling you home to a place He has prepared for you. Hallelujah. As He plays this afternoon, if anyone needs prayer for anything, if you need to come and pray to the Lord and ask Him to clear your vision today, come on. The altars are open. Tried many
touching Jesus is all, all that matters. Within your life will never be all the thought about the scripture where Apostle Paul said, if this gospel be hid, it's hid to those that are lost. Impaired vision. Jesus can clear that vision up. Now, we all are thankful for our natural vision. I mean, I'm glad that I I can see the beauty of God's creation because some people can't see that. But your spiritual eyes is more important than your natural eyes. Amen. A lot of people can see good naturally, but can't see nothing spiritually. Amen. They have that impaired vision. <laughs> um, he just got my mind going so many directions. You're talking about all that stuff. You know, I, I went to, uh, the other day, you know, to uh, have that test made in his house. I was filling out, filling out the form at the doctor's office. <laughs> this lets you know how crazy that this liberal left woke stuff is. As I was going down there filling out and everything, it says gender. And it had these choices under gender. Male, female, other, or I don't know. I wanted to put, I don't know, because Mama never told me. (laughs) (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You know, when you stop and think about it, man, what the devil's got going is just plain dumb. I'm going to tell you what. Lord, have mercy. I'm going to ask Brother Pat and then uh, Patrick as well to come stand before us. I'm going to make this final announcement and we're fixing to dismiss. Remember Wednesday night, our, our prayer uh, time from 7 to 8 o'clock. We are happy that they have made the choice uh, to uh, come back in our, our, our fellowship and we're going to pray for them. I mean, you know, that's, that, is, that is a long drive, but I know God will bless them and, uh, and decision. He feels like the Lord is leading them that way. And um, uh, Patrick here used to help us up top, and uh, I've already I've already talked to uh, to Layla. I don't like nobody being up up top all the time because you don't get the full benefits of the service. And I hope that God will give us enough help that we can rotate everybody that we got. 
Amen. So if everybody can be down here sometime, I think that would be good. Hallelujah. I'd hate to know I'd be stuck up there all the time every service, you know. But, uh, you know, God is blessing, and, and we're just happy for that. We're going to ask you to, um, uh, I'm going to go back to the keyboard, keyboard and play a little something. File around, give them a right hand of fellowship, and welcome them back into this this church family. They're not they're not joining the church. You can't join God's church. You got to be born in it. Amen. You got to be born in it. Amen. Hallelujah. So, but everybody should have a local home church, and God expects you to be faithful to your home church. Amen. If you're out doing something else. Other other than supporting your home church, it ain't God ain't blessed with that. Amen. And he won't bless us. I actually one 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 guy told me he was he was feeling sorry for somebody else, some other and um uh he said, You reckon the uh, uh what the Lord think about me just sending my tithes over here at so and so? I said, It all depends on who's feeding you. Who's feeding you? Uh, some people don't realize that God's got principles too. That's why he expects us to have principles. Amen. And we need to be faithful to our home church wherever God has planted us. Amen. As God has planted you at a particular place, you need to be faithful because God does look upon this. But when you pass around and shake their hands, you can go on out. We call the service dismissed. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed with the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join us with Jesus.